This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with bassoonist Dana Jessen. We chatted about her album, Winter Chapel, which came out on Carrier Records in December 2020. We recommend that you check out the Carrier Records catalogue. It features a wonderful selection of recordings of notated and improvised adventurous music. Dana's record features six improvisations. You'll hear an extract from the second one in a moment, and then the complete first track at the end of this podcast. And we hope that you'll check out the rest of this superb and varied album at the links that we provided below. In our chat, Dana spoke about how she conceives of each track as a duo between herself and the specific acoustic of the Winter Chapel space in which it was recorded. Jessen. I am a bassoonist and an improviser. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan in the United States, uh, but like most Americans, I've lived in a number of different places. I now live in Oberlin, Ohio. I teach at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music, and as a bassoonist, I primarily perform, well, I explicitly perform contemporary music, mostly pieces that I've collaborated on with composers. I perform in a chamber quintet called Splinter Reeds. This is a reed quintet. I also have a number of improvised music projects that I am a part of. The music you just heard is called Part Two. It's part of a solo improvised album called Winter Chapel that I just put out in December 2020. The idea of the album was to perform these improvisations in a highly resonant acoustic space at a chapel in my town of Oberlin called Fairchild Chapel. And the chapel is just this beautiful space, this old chapel with stone walls and stained glass windows. And again, this just incredibly rich reverberant sound And that was essentially the basis of the album, was to make use of the chapel and to honor the chapel in an acoustic way. So the album includes six different parts. Each part is a different improvisation that focuses on a unique sound and sonic environment. And I am essentially inviting the chapel as a sort of duo partner in each track. So for part two, 
my framework for improvising within the space was very energetic, playing the bassoon in a way that I'm creating a huge force of energy through the instrument. So essentially creating a very live reverberant sound space in the physical space itself, in the physical chapel. Um, in part two, I am doing a bunch of very fast tremolos and leaps and really creating a, a sort of loud and full and rich bassoon sound. The track that you're going to hear at the end of our conversation is called Part One. And in this track, I am only playing the bassoon reed. This is a sound world that has become very much a core part of my identity and my musical language as an improviser. It's a sound world that I stumbled upon and started exploring much further beyond the way that one would normally play a bassoon reed. And from there, I really started to establish the reed's own large and vast musical range. And I use it frequently as an improviser and in collaborative work with other composers. The bassoon is a double reed instrument, and when bassoonists crow just the reed alone, it creates this kind of gnarly, multiple, multiphonic type of sound. Typically, it's not something that bassoonists will only play the reed. Of course, you attach it to the instrument itself. We only play the reed alone when we're sort of working, making reeds ourselves and testing the uh, the strength of a reed, for instance. But what I've done when I improvise is actually look at the reed beyond what its function is with the bassoon and treat the reed as if it's its own instrument, meaning that when I play the reed, I play it in a way that's different than when I play my reed if it's attached to the bassoon. In this way, I've expanded the sound possibilities of the reed beyond what a bassoonist might normally be required to do when it's attached to the instrument. Because each of these tracks is an improvisation, thinking about form and shape is something that I'm doing on the spot. And it comes from years of experience, years of playing with other improvisers, years of failing and figuring out and discovering what I enjoy in music and what I enjoy on the instrument. And so for each of these tracks, thinking back to how I shaped each improvisation, I wasn't intentionally thinking about one specific form or one specific shape within each improvisation. I was actually thinking more about the type of energy that it could evoke. And so in the first track, in part one, when I'm playing my reed, there is this really visceral quality to the reed that 
is very intense. It has a, 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 a wailing quality to it that I really like to, uh, to amplify. And so my feeling when I was improvising in part one is really to highlight that visceral feeling, that visceral quality of the reed itself and the sound world that the reed can create and just wail as much as I could, really putting that sort of energy, uh, that type of energy into, uh, into the playing and into the improvisation. So I wasn't necessarily thinking about one specific form. I was thinking more about the type of energy that I could evoke from it, this sort of animal type energy, this visceral quality to it that really gets the the space, the chapel, the the stone walls, the the ceiling, have it, you know, what can I do to get those walls vibrating to to really wail through my through my read as much as I can. One of the things I enjoy the most about playing the read sound world is that it's such an unusual sound for listeners. And it's such an alien sound for listeners that they often feel the need to connect it to a sound world that they know and that is familiar to them. So often when I play concerts or performances that utilize the read itself, I'll often have people come up to me afterwards and say, oh, how did you learn to make these bird calls? Or when did you start learning these bird sounds on your read? which I find very interesting because I never approached the read with the intent of trying to sound bird-like. Um, and I, I think that the reason that people make that association is because it is such a foreign sound and such something that's so unfamiliar in, in their sort of sonic palette that they feel the need to, you know, try and connect it to something familiar to them. Uh, I, I don't approach the read in a way that I'm trying to sound avian or trying to, to have a sort of bird-like quality. Uh, and I think maybe one of my favorite responses from audience members are when they come and tell me that it sounds like something that's not a bird, right? Like I had someone tell me, uh, it sounds like a, you know, some type of Armenian choir wailing through through a song or something to that effect. And and I love that because again it's it's really interesting for me to hear listener responses of what they are trying to relate that sound world to. I think when I played this improvisation the part 1, I was really trying to evoke some type of emotional response to the improvisation and to the sound. Um, I think that there is a quality to the reed sound that that does evoke this, you know, it is a visceral sort of wailing type of sound in it. And I think that it does conjure up this emotional response, certainly for me when I'm playing it. Um, but I also think for the listener that it that that is the intent that it is supposed to conjure this this sort of emotional response to the sound. After the album was released on Carrier Records in December, a radio station reached out to the label and asked for some text. They couldn't play the, the album unless they had a few things to say about the, the album. And so I put together a few lines of text that uh, serve now as a program note for the entire album. I love the feeling you get when an instrument's playing causes your body to rumble 
or the immersive feeling of swimming in a pool of sound. With this album, I'm attempting to recreate the physical experience of sound and music by recording improvisations in a highly resonant acoustic space. Each improvisation explores a different facet of this experience through wide-ranging techniques and musical material. From the highest frequencies to the deep low rumbles, the chapel itself is a duo partner conversing with my sounds. My hope is that the listener will conjure up their own unique imagery with each improvisation and imagine the physical experience that might accompany it. <laughs> 